Victor, what were some of your revelations on your deepest trips with psilocybin? Oh my goodness. Oh. another episode of Awaken Now What. I'm your host, Helen. And I'm your host, JR. This is a podcast that illuminates your spiritual awakening and ascension. Today, we have an amazing episode. He is a content creator and also known as the Pursuit of Spirit. Let's welcome Victor Burkhardt. Yeah, <laughs> hello, hello. Super happy to be here, you guys. We're so excited to have you here. Um, Victor, I told you this before we started recording that I would watch your videos on Instagram uh, during my awakening. Your content is so inspirational, but for our listeners who aren't familiar with you or your material, do you mind taking us through your awakening? Yeah. Um, thank you. First off, again, like, like that's just so awesome to know that the videos I'm making are, are impacting people in, in a positive way. Um, but I mean, there's so much, I feel like I could start, uh, back when I was a kid and maybe we could start there. I just felt like uh, ever since I was a kid, this this very intuitive connection. Um, and I had some mystical experiences when I was younger, around 10. Um, other than the early mystical experiences, I would say high school, just facing the normal adversity of, you know, didn't really ever felt like I fit in. And uh, I, I felt sort of like a black sheep maybe in a, in a, in a sense. And, uh, that led me to, to really dive into my own interests. Cause I didn't really hang out with a lot of people. Like I remember, like I would play sports and I remember like the whole team would go out and like, you know, hang out together, but I just never like, eh, I just didn't really want to, I'd rather go home. And that's, that's mostly when I would like watch videos about like spirituality or I would read books or, you know, here and there, I would try a psychedelic like psilocybin. So I think that high school um, was really the catalyst for an early intuition I had and early experiences I had had. And that led me to just learning a lot. And then, of course, after learning, you start going into your direct experience. You start investigating all the stuff you're learning. You know, you read in a book that everything is consciousness and you go, wait, how how is it? How is it that way? Like, and then you start looking and you start investigating it. And so that just kind of led me, it was just a really natural organic path since I was a kid. And um, of course, making content then skyrocketed that even more because, and I like to tell people like when I make content, it feels like a spiritual practice because I'm like talking right. and as I'm talking, I'm like learning more and having insights. So it's been just a very very organic process that I've been very grateful to to have been blessed with. I mean, I, I couldn't I couldn't have designed it any better myself. Uh, did you go through a dark night of the soul? Uh, yeah, I, I would say that would be mostly my high school years. Just very dark. Um, you know, I, I didn't 
I wouldn't say I was like depressed, like super depressed or like super anxious, but I had my fair share of like teenage anxiety and like sadness and not fitting in. Um, and, and, uh, I, I remember a very specific period after a profound psilocybin experience where I was having just incredibly dark thoughts, like so dark of thoughts. And I was like, why, where is this coming from? And I don't know if, if, uh, that was some collective, uh, you know, shadow collective unconscious that I was tapping into, but it was like the darkest, weirdest thoughts. And uh, that scared me because I was like 17 and I was like, what, like what's going on? Like, and I didn't really have the understanding that I would say I have now. Um, and so there was a period of that, but I, I knew intuitively like this will pass. It's not going to stay. And so I never really had a struggle with like severe depression or severe, you know, I never really got super hung up. It was very, really, really effortless looking back, you know, it, it wasn't ever too difficult. JR's jealous. He doesn't like it when we have nicer dark nights of the soul than him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man, my dark night of the soul. It was, I mean, I wasn't spiritual at all. Like zero sense of right. spirituality, zero sense of the spiritual realm, the world, the teachings, all the gurus, all, all right. the leaders, all the, all the speakers and influencers. I was kind of just like a typical guy. And then when I realized, holy shit, like separation is an illusion. The ego, I mean, everything that I thought was myself, the ego has just dissipated. It, I went into a frenzy. So, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, someone I've, says I've I'm, I'm just, I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to make it seem like it was easy. I definitely, I definitely had moments where I was, I was, I was really down. But I guess, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, you look back and you're like, oh yeah, you know, that had to happen. So maybe now I'm saying right. that, but if you would have asked me like five years ago, I would have been like, this is horrible. Someone help me. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Going through but, it is a different experience than looking at it objectively. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And I've heard horror stories of people, you know, having, you know, 10, 20 years of severe depression after a, an Oof. experience and then it just breaks. So it just seems, and why that is, I don't know. It just seems random. It could have something to do with your chemical biological structure of your brain and physiology. I have no idea why that is, but it does seem to be pretty, pretty random uh, in, in my perspective. What inspired you to be the amazing content creator that you are? What what was going through your mind when you first started out on that content creator journey? Well, first, thank you um, for, for your kind <laughs> words. But I think that uh, I just knew, I mean, I had been inspired by like the teachers I had watched. Like it, it was profound to me how how Alan Watts could could speak to my heart in such a beautiful way, you know, 30, 40 years after he had died. And to that, to just that in and of itself was incredible and and listening to Ram Das and there was just this there was just this power of a truly integrous compassionate teacher that has really true intentions and isn't motivated by ego or like trying to make some pseudo spiritual identity to just make some money or whatever and and that that really connected with me and I I just really saw the value in that and when 
I started making content. It was, it wasn't that I was like trying to become Alan Watts or trying to become Ram Dass, but I was sharing from a place where I was really like, this is just so important to share for its own sake. Like, and, and my awakenings, like on psilocybin had showed me that, that like love is, is, uh, is, is so profound when you're living from that place. You don't even like, you don't even care like who watches it or why they watch it. Like you just want to share for the pure sake of sharing. And that was my initial motivation. Um, of course, my mind was like, Ooh, what if this happens? And like, we get the, you know, people start following you and like, that would be cool. Right. And that's kind of happened, which has been awesome. But that original atten- intention came from that, just that pure love and just that pure joy of, of, awakening and of of realizing how incredible this experience is and um that that's been my motivator for for sharing content has been has always been that it's just that pure pure joy and and just wonder of of consciousness of of awakening and that that's what motivates me to to this day gonna bookmark that for our production here jr (laughs) (laughs) yeah In one of your podcasts, you mentioned that your mother is an atheist and your father is a hardcore Catholic. (laughs) uh, How how have they reacted to your status in the spiritual community right now? Are they accepting? What's their reaction? Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's weird when you start to gain, um, some sort of success in any field or, or you start to become, an expert in a field that your family doesn't really understand. And that's really how I would perceive it. I I don't think that they necessarily judge me for it. I just think that, and I've talked about this before on other podcasts that the, the mind when it doesn't really have a, a theoretical foundation of spirituality or awakening, it doesn't know how to approach it. You know, when someone's a Christian you kind of have an idea that like, okay, they go to church and there's a Bible they read and they pray. Like there's a sort of like thing that the mind can grab onto. But, but when it's just pure spirituality, um, you know, people are just like, like, what, what is that? Like, what do you mean? Like, what are you doing? You know? And then you start meditating and that's a, a traditionally Eastern thing. And your family's like hardcore Westerners, you know, it's just like, it's weird to them. So I, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily super gung ho about it and like super happy. I definitely haven't really felt that. I'm sure that they are, but I just think more uh, more than anything, they're just sort of they just don't understand because it's just so um, it's so so foreign to to their foreign. mind and and to their to their Western you know just intellectual just how, how, how they are and just how most people are that aren't tuned into this stuff that just, you know, kind of go to work and, you know, they're big into sports and stuff and that's fine, but it's, uh, it, there's definitely, it creates a sort of weird, not division, but a weird sort of rift where it's like, you know, how do I relate? And, and so Um, it's been interesting, but I think in, at the end of the day, they are, they are accepting of it. And, and, uh, for that, I'm grateful. So they've had, I mean, I'm assuming they've had numerous conversations with you about spiritual path. Uh, honestly, that's the thing is, 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 uh, to me, it's like, no, like they really haven't. And I don't know if that, again, it's like just this weird, like they're, they don't know what it is 
or they like just think right. it's just like some new age woo woo thing where they're like, oh, you're just being a hippie, you know, or whatever. But they haven't, you know, even my friends have really, really very little people I actually know of actually directly like asked me about it, which is interesting. My girlfriend, which I'm super grateful for, she is a yoga teacher. So she's like, has a, an understanding and we talk and that's beautiful to be able to share that with someone in, you know, a face-to-face -face manner, somewhat like this. But other right. than her, yeah, it's really, it's really shocking, honestly, to see how little people will, will say anything. They don't, they don't even bring it up. It's just, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. And that's, that's where I think the mind just has this sort of resistance to it. Cause it's like, Ooh, don't go right. that way. You know, I might lose myself if I start talking to him, you know, I got to right. keep a hold of all of my attachments and all of my, how I think the world is. And if I, you know, if I start to go that way, it kind of knows it could, everything could fall apart, which is, you know, the dark night of the soul. That's usually what happens. Right. So, right. I just think it's so crazy too, because these teachings have been around for thousands of years, you know, thousands of years, these teachings of oneness, these teachings of non-separation, non-duality. I mean, uh, like you, I draw some parallels because when I woke up, no one, I couldn't talk to anyone about this stuff because this was so out of their yeah. wheelhouse. Uh, and then I found Helen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just so wild to me. It's so wild. I am curious for, so kind of what you've set up here, can you speak to how do you keep grounded in what you know to be true? What is love? And because that is, it sounds like the picture that you painted was that you are very much a minority in this belief, in this way of living, in this bigger place. So how do you keep grounded? How do you stay the course and just know what you're about? Yeah, I think, I think it's hard in the beginning because to me, it all has to do with your depth of of realization and your depth of insight. And what I mean by that is just, you know, and I like to sort of uh, draw the analogy of like um, water and tea, like a tea bag. Like when you first start on the spiritual process, you're just like pure straight water. And the truth or God or love is like the tea bag. And it has to sit mm -hmm. in the water for an extended period of time for the water to become the tea so that the tea inside the tea bag and the tea that is the water is the exact same thing. But if you just, mm -hmm. you know, in the beginning, it's like you're dipping the tea bag in and it just a little bit gets diffused, but you're still mostly water. You're still mostly an ego, right? And then mm -hmm. to me, it's just this, it's a process of just steeping. You have to steep in the truth you have to steep in the realizations that you've had and in the the truth that you've experienced in whatever way that is you know or whatever facet that is maybe you really connect to love and and that resonates with you that's like your your tea right that's what's going to transform you maybe you really connect with like just like the profundity of existence that's really like what i connect with is just how incredible this is like it just blows me away that we're even here at all and it's yeah. just like the more that i just put my mind on that the more that tea bag steeps the more i become that the more i'm just like walking in a grocery store and i'm just like oh my gosh this is crazy like how am i even here in a grocery store right now so i think a lot of it is just 
it's just this, it's just a, a commitment to giving yourself, not in a very like religious way where like you give up your life and you like, you know, leave your family and go to the Himalayans and meditate for 20 years. It's just, you give yourself to it. You give your attention to it because that's, what's going to determine how long that tea bag steeps. And that's going to determine how much it transforms you. So, I mean, I've had periods where I've been like super disinterested and I just want to play video games and hang out with friends. And I've done that. But during that time, I feel less connected. But the more that I just like sit with myself, the more I just literally think about it or put my mind on it, the more it, I'm connected, the more I'm grounded to it. So it, it seems to be a sort of a, a, a sort of commitment mixed with a sort of patience almost and, and an allowing of this process to unfold. Love it. Love the teabag metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. 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 That came to me a, a few few weeks ago. I don't know how. I was just like, wow, this is perfect. I think I was drinking tea and, and like <laughs> doing making a video or something. Yeah. I was like, this is perfect. So and, and that analogy is not perfect because of course you always are it. You always are love. But from the perspective of just someone starting out or someone watching this right now, that's the best way to look at it is it's, it's a thing that you know is valuable that you need to commit yourself to in a way where you, you, yeah, you give yourself to it. I mean, that's really how anything in life is. Any skill you want to master, any, any area of life that you know is important, a relationship, right? A friendship. If you really value that thing, you give yourself to it. If it's a friend you really love, you make time to see them. If it's, mm -hmm. you know, a, a relationship with a partner or a spouse, you make time to be with them. And I, I think the relationship with God, it's exactly the same. Who were some of your role models and people that you looked up to during your awakening and after your awakening, even now? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> Alan Watts and Ram Dass for me, they immediately come to mind. Um, but more recently um, has been Muji, uh, Adashanti, mm. Rupert Spira, Leo from actualize.org. He has a lot of controversy because he's kind of radical, but Leo has helped me tremendously. Um, so there, there's so many. There's so many. I mean, if I had to choose, I probably couldn't. But in the beginning, right. it was definitely like listening to Alan Watts lectures on on YouTube. And it's actually crazy because I went to visit my my mom's birth mom. My mom was adopted, so we never really called my mom's true mom our grandma. We had a different grandma. But uh, my birth grandma, she uh, I went to visit her in Yahats, Oregon, and uh, she had an Alan Watts book on her bookshelf. And I was like, wait, you know, Alan Watts. And then I like saw like a few more Alan Watts books. And I was like, why do you have so many Alan Watts books? And she's like, oh, he was, he was huge. Like when I was younger in like the seventies, you know, and she was kind of like a, a hippie flower child. And she actually told me a story about how she met Alan Watts, like shook his hand and talked to him. And I just wow. thought that was such a divine synchronicity. I was like, what are the chances my right. true like birth grandmother has interacted with Alan Watts and like, I don't know, it's just, it's weird to think about. It's weird that, that she would have even known about him. So <laughs> he, yeah, he's up there. He's up there, but definitely a lot of influence. And I try to tell people like, 
learn from as many people as you can because if you just like yeah. do the the traditional like I only have one guru thing that can work because you're you know you're really taking their advice seriously but I've found that just listening especially with the internet just listening to podcasts like this and reading books from people and just as many perspectives as you can is going to allow you to really create and find your own perspective that that's authentic and unique to you. So I always advocate for, for as many people as you resonate with, you should, you should learn from, you know, cause that's, it's vital. It's vital. That's kind of what I tell everyone too, is you, you can't really just subscribe to one person. You have to get the whole perspective. You have to get the whole view and you might find that some, yeah. some spiritual teachers will say something different. And I've come across that mm -hmm. a ton on my spiritual journey. So yes, I def I second that. My meditation teacher says a thing where like, he's not asking for like a bunch of copycats of him to go around. So it's like, mm. take what resonates, you know, the, the whole Bruce yeah. Lee thing, take what resonates, discard and make it your own. Yeah. Yeah. Because that the, the mind, like what I've noticed is that just like, even like, even with stuff I've shared, I've noticed that people will just like, like, I mean, we're basically monkeys and we just want to like copycat other people. <laughs> and that can really hold you back because you never get to experience a real thing for yourself. And you've, if you've been watching my videos, Jay, you've probably hear me stress this, but like, you really have to discover what it is for you. You know, like if you're right. just like taking what someone says and you're not really like connecting with it in your experience as something that's true for you. And it's just like something that sounds cool. Then it's not, it's not going to like take you all the way. It'll just be sort of like a, a bandaid on a deeper wound, which is that you don't really know like what you are or who you are. And like right. to heal that wound, you have to go to the wound, you know, you can't just like keep avoiding it and just like putting new stuff you hear on top of it as, as beautiful as, you know, as reading can be or watching videos can be, it, it can also be a very dangerous trap because then you avoid mm -hmm. doing the actual like legit work yourself. To kind of piggyback off uh, your healing statement, uh, you said this in one of your podcasts, healing is a natural byproduct of being. And I found that so profound. Healing is a natural byproduct of being. Can you expand further? Yeah. Wow, that is profound. I, I can't believe I said that. I said that. That's wild. Uh, yeah. Wow. No, I think I think that uh, why that resonates is because we're so all of our. I mean, all of our pain, all of our struggle, all of our stress comes from this conceptual world we're living in. And just the more you tap into being, the more that this conceptual thing loses its weight. So it's like before you really tap into being or love or consciousness or God, whatever word you want to use, to me, it's all the same thing. Before you tap into that, you're, you're so lost in this conceptual world that it's just, it's so heavy. Like stuff feels so heavy. Like you're afraid of a situation and it feels like the heaviest thing ever. And um, after you start tapping into being, I don't know how it heals you, but you'll just notice that stuff starts to feel lighter and lighter. And it, it starts to feel like, wow, like I can do this. Like, this is really not bad. Like, I don't know why that, that triggered me before. And honestly, I don't, 
really know if there is a logical explanation for why it heals you, but it just, it just does. Like you just spend time with yourself in quiet. You'll just feel better. It's just how, and that's why, you know, probably teachers like Muji or Rupert Spira say it's our natural state is because it really just feels natural. It feels organic to just be at peace. And so I think the more you're at peace, the more, you know, and there's probably science behind it. Your cortisol levels are probably not as high. You know, you probably don't have all those stress hormones in your body because you're relaxed and you don't have, you don't get diseases because of that. So not only on a physiological level is it healing you, but yeah, also on that, on that very spiritual level, you just feel, you feel, you feel healed. That that's the feeling, you know, that's how it legitimately feels is that like I'm healing. And, uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know if there's a why it's just, that's just what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, stressing that natural state is something that we all forgotten as though like, cause like even think about aging, like we make it such a, like, Oh, it's a disease state or something, but like it's natural in the sense of like getting older, but also our body can heal. It's just that we don't allow this state and the conditions of healing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Helen. Yeah, exactly. It's just, <laughs> And and that's, to me, that's like, the more you tune into that being, the more you realize how easy life can be. Not easy. I don't really know if I like that word. Yeah, natural is the better word. It's just like, before it's like, everything is like choppy. And it's like, ugh, ah, like you take a hit when someone looks at you weird, and it really hurts you and offends you. But then like, you just start connecting into being and it's just like, you just see God everywhere. And it's like, it doesn't really matter how someone looks at you. You know, it just like, feels like a light breeze. Whereas before it felt like someone was like shooting an arrow at you, right? If they called you a name or something. And so, yeah, I just think it, it just, yeah, it gets so natural and you just relax and, it, and you just open and all those words are synonymous. It just, it feels, feels right. It just feels like, yeah, this is it. Like, this is it when you tune into it. Um, you mentioned you've had experiences with psilocybin. Have you exper experimented with other psychedelics, LSD, DMT? Uh, yeah, I've done, I've actually only done LSD once, but I don't think that it was proper. It wasn't, it wasn't a proper, like legitimate LSD experience. So other than that, if you want to consider marijuana a psychedelic, I would in certain circumstances definitely mm -hmm. have had experience with that. And I've had incredible insights and uh, sort of breakthroughs on, on cannabis, which is awesome, but it's mostly been psilocybin. Um, that, that's been profound for me that, I mean, that's worked for me and I don't necessarily feel a call to like seek out other psychedelics. I actually am reading a book from Albert Hoffman, the man who synthesized LSD, which has been super interesting to read. Um, and that inspired me to want to try a proper LSD experience. So I might do that soon. Um, but it's mostly been with, with psilocybin and, um, to anyone watching, you know, be safe, know your local laws when you're doing psychedel psychedelics. But in my opinion, if you find a psychedelic that you feel like resonates with you and that is 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 really showing you stuff then you know there's no need to really avoid it or like try to find something else you know like if you find something that works you know to me 
it works. It works, you know, whatever works to raise your consciousness and heal you, then that's, that's your path, you know? Um, but yeah, I would love to try like DMT and stuff too, of course, <laughs> just for pure Same. experience. Yeah. Helen, oh my yeah. God, Helen's done Bufo, ayahuasca. She's oh my goodness. Damn it. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah. yeah, dude, she's, she's fucking gnarly. Um, <laughs> Victor, what were some of your revelations on your deepest trips with psilocybin? Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. Uh, I shared one recently, man, there's so many, but I did share one recently in a video where I wrote down in my notebook over there, I wrote down that, uh, like I was so, and, and the experience I was, I was so mind blown by the fact that we are all conscious and awake and almost nobody realizes that. And it's like mm. a weird thing to say, but I just remember and even now I'm thinking of it, it's like putting me back into that state of consciousness where it's like, it's just incredible again, that like, we're even here at all. And I just remember being profoundly awake to that truth. Um, I've had other um, moments where I remember I was recording a video and my phone was like set up in front of me like this. And there was, I remember there was three me's. There was the me on the camera I could see there was the me body and then there was the third me. And that was sort of my initial realization that I'm consciousness. And it felt like, I mean, the only way I could explain it is it felt like I was like up here looking down, but like it's non-local, there's no form to it. But I knew that there was three me's. Like it was so clear that there was wow. a body me, a me on the camera, and then the real me watching it. But like, I couldn't, it was, it was, it was incredible. It was profound. Uh, so uh, that and then, you know, just many other various insights. Like I've had profound experiences on psilocybin where like, it's just so obvious that there's no time and you're just constructing time with your mind. Like right. even right now, us sitting here, we're all thinking like, okay, this podcast going to end. And then after this podcast, you know, I'm going to do this thing and this thing, but that's all a story. That's not, that doesn't actually exist other than the right. thought of it right in this moment. And mm -hmm. so you know, I've had profound revelations into that and stuff. So yes, psilocybin has been incredible for me in, in that regard. It'll, it'll just reveal mystical insights and, and truths that, you know, I, I don't know if I would be able to arrive at otherwise. I don't know if I would be able to arrive at these insights through meditation or through, right. you know, just thinking about it. So that's where I feel like right. psychedelics are so crucial if you use them in the proper way now you can definitely right. screw it up and go off the deep end and really mess up your set and setting but if you use them in the right way they're really priceless when it comes to uh, your spiritual path right and these are really consciousness expanding drugs i mean me and helen can both attest to it i remember mm -hmm. my first my first psilocybin journey i was flying through the universe i was seeing these uh ast astral and spatial sequences i was like why am i seeing the stars why am i wow. why am i out in the universe i had no um like wow. awareness of spirituality at all and so i i wanted to explore that um and me and helen are going to come to idaho and we're going to take a psilocybin journey with you victor that's cool <laughs> yeah <Okay. laughs> that would be awesome uh, the best place to do that would be in the mountains so uh we could really connect with nature I'm <laughs> yeah man. i'm down 
Yeah, that's interesting that you, I've felt had a weird experience with psychedelics in the sense that I don't really get a lot of visuals. Like when I take a psychedelic, it's mostly just the consciousness aspect of it. Like Mm. nothing really, I, I don't really get visuals. I remember one of my first trips, I saw this like sort of like ever extending grid of like cubes that like went, it was like overlaid on top of like my perceptual field, but it extended to infinity. So I could see into it. Like I could look at the close cubes and then I could look at the ones that were like way over there, but it was all on a wall, which was weird. So I've had weird, you know, sort of like geometric stuff like that. But recently it's been just the consciousness where like, I'll get some slight visuals, but it's like, it's almost all the, whatever all the life energy or all of the psilocybin uh juice is going towards just pure consciousness and awakening and and that's been interesting in its own in its own right because it's not as like oh look at the colors or look at the shapes it's just like this profound sort of uh uh awakening it it just feels like i awaken every time i take a, a, a psychedelic which is weird you coach a lot of people on, on their spiritual journey. What patterns, um, issues that ha- have you noticed across all of your clients? Oh man. The number one thing is just people are they're They're just too, <laughs> this is, that's crazy that I knew instantly, but it's just, people are too lost in, in, in just like their, their, their minds. They're just, it's right. just like, I just want to shake them and be like, wake up. Like you're here, you know, like, and, and, and uh, most people are just, they're just really, and it's like your mind is a maze, you know, it's like a labyrinth and you can just get lost in right. your mind and, and never get out. And people do, they end up in psych wards, you know, and mm-hmm. um, we, we, we call them crazy, but really it's just the extreme end of the spectrum that we're all on, which is you're either, mm-hmm. you know, transcended. I don't really like that word, but you're either, you know, have space from your mind or you're completely lost in it. That's like the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And to me, just the biggest thing with people I've coached is regardless of their problem, like it doesn't matter what the problem is that the ego has. The source is always the ego. It's always the mind that is like, oh, what about this and this and this and this and this? And there's just not enough space. So I really focus in coaching calls on just you know, bringing them back to what's real, which is that you're here now, you're conscious, you're present, you always have been, you just don't notice that. And um, that's what starts to sort of pull them out of this sort of like confused cloud of thoughts and ideas and emotions. And, you know, uh, this happened and that happened. And, uh, and uh, that, that seems to be sort of the, the root of, of everyone I've worked with is just, their mind is just so it just has them it just completely has their consciousness locked up and the more they right. can free it the better yeah i can definitely see how your clients gain so much value from you and thank you thank you for the work that you do oh yes yeah. of course thank you thank you so much and i've never really heard it put that way and personally i can say i'd identify with it because it wasn't until i found yoga that it started to like untangle some and then obviously i've been on a journey since um so yeah no wonder meditation is often the first tool people get presented with right because it creates that space yeah yeah yeah, exactly exactly and uh same with 
self-inquiry that's not as big in the west but in the east it was with you know the teachings of like ramana maharshi and stuff um is because the self-inquiry gets you to realize you know you're not who am i oh i'm not this thought i'm not this feeling which is basically the same thing as mindfulness meditation where you you're coming back releasing the thoughts coming back to the breath or whatever your object is so yeah that that's really is the first step like anyone watching I would say the first step for you, if you don't know where to start, is just really start to bring your attention and commit yourself to presence and to awareness. Mm -hmm. And it may seem bland at first, because usually what happens is the mind at first, it's like, this is boring. Like what, what's here, you know? And um, that, that right. can be discouraging for people because they're like, I want excitement. You know, their mind still is just like, give me more, give me more. Where's the food and the, you know, the stimulation and the whatever. Um, but all I can say is, you know, trust the process. And the more you steep in that presence, the more it'll just completely change your life. And then there'll be a tipping point where you'll realize you'll have an awakening or a breakthrough and you'll be like, oh my God, this is the most valuable thing I could be doing in life. There's nothing more important than this. And that will, that point will happen. It's just until then, you know, your mind is going to try to pull you off track and distract you. And yeah, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole thing. Even like mainstream media, uh, social media, it does, it's not really conducive yeah. to <laughs> a healthy mindset. <laughs> yeah. Um, just like, new TV show here, new flashy, uh, whatever it is over here, new uh, TikTok video. It's, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And in a sense, it was easier for the monks in, you know, or, or it is easier because they're still monks, obviously, like in Japan and, and China and stuff, Buddhist monks. But like, in a sense, it was, it is and was easier 100, 200 years ago because there was so, so much less distraction. Like the biggest obstacle spiritually um, and, and for awakening for people nowadays is just, yeah, it's social media. It's freaking TikTok. Like even myself, like half the time I'm like, I just want to delete TikTok off my phone because it's, it's just something about it to me is just noisy. It just like, it traps your right. consciousness. And, it's uh, uh, energy yeah. harvesting. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and so, yeah, that's like the biggest obstacle is just combating and, and, and not letting your mind get pulled all over. Right. Cause there's an endless, endless amount of stuff that can distract you from, you know, gossiping about some celebrity or your friends are arguing over some stupid petty thing, or you're just lost right. in social media. Like all this stuff is taking you away from what's truly going to fulfill you, which is the universe, God, love consciousness which is only here right now and you can't ever see it if you're like you know distracted you have to give yourself to it and uh yeah that's huge <laughs> that, that that's a huge like rabbit hole in and of itself i could talk about that for <laughs> for a long time <laughs> <laughs> it's like how gluttony has evolved i feel because it's like we're just consuming the content like over and over and more and more so yeah. yes focus on the on the consciousness and the presence instead of all of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I talked to Helen yesterday about creating a TikTok, so we'll have to be very mindful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's great. I, I'm able to reach a lot of people, which is a beautiful blessing, but it's right. uh, a right. double-edged sword. Everything is a double-edged sword, you know, and 
Yeah, if you're not careful, it'll just suck you in. You'll see. I'm sure it'll happen because they have it set up so that when you open the app, a video starts playing immediately. On Instagram, you know, you can open the app and it's like you have some conscious control of like where you're going. But on TikTok, yeah, it'll just and and you know, if that first oh, video is a good video, you'll just get you'll get lost in it. And I, I have. I still do, so be careful. I will. We will be. We will be. Um, just out of curiosity, what were some of uh the most enlightening books that you've read after oh, your awakening? That's a great that's a great question. Um, I just read, I just finished Peter Ralston's book called The Book of Not Knowing. It's a big fat book. It's actually over there. It's about 600 pages. It was hard to get through, but that was just, if if I could recommend one book to anyone uh, starting off on just like consciousness and like understanding this conceptual ball of, of beliefs and stuff that people are lost in that isn't being, Peter Ralston's book, The Book of Not Knowing, is perfect, but also um, Conversations with God. The first four books of that series are incredibly profound. I mean, I can't even – when I was reading those books, it was God having a conversation with me. Um, right. That's how I experience it, and that's how you'll experience it when you read them. It's God's basically talking to you through those, through those books, and it, it's profound. So um, those two have been – um, awesome, but that's been more recently. I would say in the beginning, uh, Eckhart Tolle's "The Power of Now," of course, was huge for me because that's basically the same thing. That just showed me that, like, oh, there's this thing called being that isn't like just me <laughs> constantly thinking about stuff. And I actually had a sort of awakening experience when I was in high school. I was alone in this like room because I was doing like online stuff. Thankfully, nobody else was in the room, but I read this one part of the book, um, The Power of Now, and I just started like bawling, like tears were just flying out of my face. I couldn't control it, but something about reading that just clicked. And um, I think it was he he said uh, it was a part in the book where he said, notice in your present experience that problems don't actually exist. You're just (laughs) creating them. And something about that blew me like just blew the doors yeah. open for me i just started crying i was like oh my gosh thank god no one was in here <laughs> and uh <laughs> uh yeah that that was that was profound so that book for beginners i think specifically is great but uh so yeah the power of now uh the book of not knowing and conversations with god those would be my three top three nice for anyone listening great Great books. Yeah. Hopefully the listeners can take some great info and insight from those books. Oh yeah, absolutely. What has been the toughest lesson for you after your awakening? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's Sorry to be drilling you. No, no, no. Honestly, your questions have been awesome. Like I've done, I've done a few podcasts and your questions have been, they're right up there, man. Like they're, they're awesome. So thank you for that. Yeah. No, I would say the hardest lesson is just, um, there's this really profound sadness from awakening where you realize that not only can you never really truly share what you've seen or experienced with anyone else, but you know, in the end that no one else 
like no one else can not only take the journey with you in this life, but for forever. Like you're always going to be alone because you are the only thing that is. You are consciousness, not you, the person with the name in the past that you think you are, but the thing hearing me, that awareness is completely alone. There's no, there's nothing other than that. And there's been this profound sadness of like, oh, like, you know, my my girlfriend and everyone I love is is just, you know, they are just what I am. And in a sense, they're not actually, they're not actually there in the way we usually think of it. Um, and there's just sort of a, a profound sadness when you see that. Now, thankfully, I think most of the time we don't see that. We see someone as separate and we get to come together with them. And that's probably natural for this human experience. But there is sort of a deep knowing within me that it's like, yeah, this is just completely, I, I'm just completely alone here. There's nothing else than 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 this. And that's, you know, I'm kind of hitting kind of hitting to the to limits of the human mind and language, but that's how I would describe it. And it's not like lonely. There is a flavor of loneliness, but it is just like right. that, that right. understanding that consciousness is alone. It literally is the only thing, nothing else. Mm. That is uh yeah, that's profound. That, that's, you had that's that, profound. You had that, that uh, popular Instagram video or TikTok video where you, expanded on what you just said and i was oh, like yes yeah. <laughs> i remember that i remember that yeah yeah and people were like this is people are like this is you know sending me this is making me feel i can't remember what they're saying they're like this is destabilizing my mind and it's like yeah it will you know and i yeah. i wouldn't necessarily say it's uh solipsism because i think people misunderstand solipsism where they're like oh my you know, my finite mind and like what I'm seeing is all that exists. And I don't agree with that. Like I know, or I don't know, but I believe that you are actually in your room right now, Jay, and you, Helen, are in your room right now, and you're actually having your experience and, and that's real for you. You know, I don't, I'm not, I don't actually believe that like, you're just a figment of my imagination, but there is a subtle difference between that solipsism and knowing that consciousness is the only thing that exists and that's what you are. And there's not really anybody else. So it's like weird. It's like solipsism, but it's not as, as like isolating in that sense. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know if that makes sense. That's really subtle. Yes. Like, Oh yes. Distinction. It okay. 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 <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, and I've had people really, you know, they've been afraid. They're like, they're like, you know, my mom doesn't exist. Like my dog doesn't exist. None of it exists. And it's like, they exist, but they're existing as consciousness. They're not existing as your sort of mental abstract idea of who they are, right? Because that's what you think they're existing as. You think they're existing as like this thing that's existing within time and space, but that's just a story. They do exist. They're just existing as consciousness. So it, it is it, it is scary in that sense, but it's not as as isolating and sort of psychotic as solipsism, where it's like nothing exists, you know, nothing's real. It's like it's all real. It's just consciousness. It's not actually separate from you. So, <laughs> and to hopefully help the the listener that feels that way, that like, oh my gosh, my mom doesn't exist. Well, if you ask like your dad, like your mom exists in a different way than it she does 
in your mental framework, mm-hmm. right? So right again, it's just right exactly because different kinds of. Yeah, their form is actually there. Like their body actually yeah. exists. That's you're not imagining that. That's there, right? That's just as yeah. real as your own body. It's just that there's no separation. It's really that separating, right. you know, line that you're imagining, uh, imagining that's not actually there. And that, you know, I mean, that's shocking in and of itself. <laughs> what a huge mind fuck, right? When you first yeah. realize this. <laughs> on a deep level, like on inner knowingness, right? When you first know this, truly know it for yourself. What a huge mind fuck. What a yeah. huge mind fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why that, that's why I would say that's the the hardest thing for me personally on my journey is just like, holy shit, like there really isn't anybody else. Like there really isn't. Like there actually isn't. It's literally just this. And that's completely freeing because you know it's eternal and you know it's not going anywhere. But then there's that that human side of it where you're like, damn, like, you know, that kind of, you know, I, I want to share this with someone. And that's why we're in form in the first place is I wouldn't say why, but that's, you know, that's an aspect of being for in form in the first place is that there's an an aspect of sharing and an aspect of of dancing with opposites and dualities and that's what's so beautiful about this human experience is that polarity um Mm -hmm. but seeing that that polarity is contained within a greater unity yeah it's it's a mind fuck it's it's (laughs) it's it's crazy it'll make you feel the most blissful you've ever felt it'll make you feel the saddest you've ever felt it'll make you feel absolutely everything yeah yeah. Which is the nature of consciousness. Everything. Yes. yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's it's all angles, all perspectives, all sides, they're all contained within this thing. And uh yeah, yeah. that's it's incredible. Man, so much wisdom. So much wisdom, Victor. You've dropped so much spiritual wisdom over the course of this episode and throughout TikTok, Instagram. What do you do for fun? Oh, I would say so. I like to go to yoga with my girlfriend. I like to work out, lift weights. Um, I live in Idaho, so springtime is coming up, and I like to go shed hunting, which is where you go hike the mountains and look for the antlers that have fallen off the deer and elk's head. It's like it's like Easter egg hunting for adults. It's the coolest thing ever. You hike a mountain, you see a shed laying there, an antler, and you get so excited. To me, it's like finding an Easter egg as a kid. You're like, oh my gosh, right. you know, it's it's beautiful and get to be in nature. So I like doing stuff like that, hiking. Um, and then I just like in my free time, I like to just learn and read and, and just dive into this, this beautiful domain of life that I've been blessed to, to even know it all, which is, is, uh, love and, and God and the universe and consciousness and just learn from different perspectives. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's awesome. So We've reached the now what part of our episode. Victor, what are the last words or things that you want the listeners to take away from today? Ooh, uh, I would say just keep kind of like we to come full circle to what we said in the beginning of the episode, just keep steeping in that in that let that tea keep steeping in you and just keep giving yourself and, and committing to spirituality to the spiritual aspect of life in whatever way that arises for you. Maybe it's meditation, maybe it's reading books, maybe it's watching this podcast, whatever it is for you that really connects you with that, that truth, 
the best thing you can do is just stay with it. Just stay close to it like you would um, with someone you love and embrace it and uh, go into your life with an open heart, an open mind, and just just see how, you know, see how beautiful you can create it. See how beautiful you can make your life experience because there's literally no limits. There's no possibilities to how much you can enjoy this. There's no possibilities to how profound you can live life and how deeply you can live life. And it's a never ending process. So the good news is that you can keep, keep going deeper forever till you die. And then if you have another incarnation, probably in that incarnation and the next one and the next one and the next one. So all your <laughs> enjoy the ride. Years, all your right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Amazing words from Victor Burkhart and Victor, where can the listeners find you? Uh, if you guys want to find me on social media, it's at Pursuit of Spirit on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And then if you want to come check out the website, I have a bunch of cool resources, some free, some paid that you can see. And that's uh, PursuitofSpirit.com. So it's basically Pursuit of Spirit on everything. <laughs> thank you, Victor, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jay. Thank you so much, Helen. You guys have been awesome. And thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been, it's been beautiful. If you like this episode, please subscribe. I'm your host, JR. And join us over on Discord so we can talk about more about consciousness and the pursuit of spirit. I'm your host, Helen. Until next time, everyone. Until next time. Thank you, Victor. Peace. Peace.